0: Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. We're on episode 181, Two People Are Better Off Than One. As we have been walking our way through the book of 2 Samuel, we've seen all sorts of adventures in the life of King David. Last week, well really for the last two weeks, we've been walking our way through a particular battle situation, that, again, should never have happened because it was all brought about by faulty advice, which led to a knee-jerk reaction by a king that ended up costing, what was it, over 40,000 lives. It was, just, it was just insanity. So we've been in 2 Samuel 10 for a while. And last week, as I was reading it to you, reading the text to you, I made a comment when we got to 9 through 12 that I hadn't decided whether we were going to jump ahead to the story of David and Bathsheba, which is where we land next week, or if we were going to stop and just look at verses 9 through 12 and make a story lesson out of that text. And the more I thought about it, the more that I wanted to camp out there. So in this story, we have two brothers. So Joab is the commander of King David's army. Joab and Abishai, his brother, are relatives of David. If I remember correctly, David's nephews. But in this particular situation, we don't hear about Joab. We definitely don't hear about Abishai more than a couple of times in Scripture. Joab, he comes up a few times. Like, he, he stays around for quite some time. But in this little mini-narrative, we see a glimpse into their relationship, and we are reminded in this text of the importance of having each other's back, because that's exactly what Joab is looking at. So. David has done the right thing by King Nahash, who had been good to him. And when Nahash dies, David sends his messengers to just give condolences to Hanan, who is his son. And Hanan, instead of taking it as it was a gesture of condolences, He listens to his military commanders who say, David really doesn't want to give you any kind of condolences. David is trying to spy out the land. And Hanan, instead of thinking through it and doing the research, he starts building his troops. And he starts recruiting troops from other places. I mean, this just becomes this big, blown-out mess that ends up costing over 40,000 lives. And that's just on the side of the ones that were opposing the Israelites. That doesn't count the ones that were Israelites. And we get to this section 9 through 12. And it says, when Joab saw that he would have to fight on both the front and the rear, he chose some of Israel's elite troops and placed them under his personal command to fight the Arameans in the fields." He left the rest of his army under the command of his brother Abishai, who was to attack the Ammonites. If the Arameans are too strong for me, then come over and help me, Joab told his brother. And if the Ammonites are too strong for you, I will come and help you. Be courageous. Let us fight bravely for our people and the city of our God. May the Lord's will be done. And so as I was reading through that last week, it just struck me. It struck me of how Joab, in the midst of this battle, in the midst of making the battle plans, he relies upon his brother and he plans on his brother having his back and him having his brother's back. And it got me started thinking about the importance of having each other's backs, like In this particular case, Joab knew that a battle was about to occur. I mean, he and his troops were helping instigate it because the Ammonites were, like, manning up, getting troops, getting Aramean troops. Like, there's a battle coming. We don't always, when we get up in the morning, we don't always realize that we're going to have a battle in front of us. When I got up this morning, the mental battle that I am facing in my mind, this very moment that is causing me to be scattered and struggling to focus on recording this podcast, I never dreamed that I would have this particular struggle. Never, never, never in a million years. And yet, it walked in front of me. And that's how life is. Sometimes you know that there is a battle coming. You can see it coming. And sometimes it comes flying around the corner and you're like, what just happened? Either direction, who's got your back? And when that happens to the people that you know, do you have their backs? in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, which was most likely written by King Solomon, who is one of David's sons, who ends up taking over the throne after the king dies. And we got a long ways till we really get to the Solomon part. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, he has this story, and it just happens to be verses 9 through 12 as well. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. And that's what we see described here in the story of Joab and Abishai because it's not only the two of them against the world, but Joab makes it clear that they are fighting on behalf of the Lord, the God of Israel. May the Lord's will be done. It's one thing to have someone else's back. It's another thing to be tied together by the the cord of the blood of Jesus Christ, where you have that connection with them in such a way that you are bonded together. And even Satan himself cannot tear the bond apart because you have the Holy Spirit of the living God living inside of each of you. Does that mean that there will never be struggles? It does not mean that. Not in any way, shape, or form. We're not specifically talking about it today, but God just brought to mind the story of Paul and Barnabas in the New Testament. Here you have two spirit filled men who are out on a missionary journey for God, but they have a conflict. They have a situation where John Mark who was Barnabas's family member, had been on mission and John Mark decided to go home. We don't know all the details, but he goes home. And when he wants to come back the next time, Paul's like, absolutely not. And Barnabas is like, no, no, give the kid a chance. And Paul's like, oh, no, not happening. And they part ways at that time. And we know that later on there was a resolution But just because you have the spirit and your friend or your colleague has the spirit of the living God inside of each of you does not mean that there will not be conflict. It does not mean that Satan can't throw a wrench in there to try to break apart what God is doing. That can be the battlefield in itself. It can be a spiritual battle that Satan does not play fair. And he will do anything, any way, shape, or form to bring about discord, to turn one believer against another, to make sure that you do not have each other's backs because you're so busy, focused on what the other person did or your own struggles that you miss opportunities to be there for each other in Galatians 6 the apostle Paul says share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ but then in Galatians 6 5 he says for we are each responsible for our own conflict so what is it conduct conflict yeah and tell where I'm going so which which one is it Are we responsible for our own conduct? Are we to carry our own burdens? Or are we to share each other's burdens? The answer is yes. So years ago, I was introduced, and I don't even remember how, to a book by Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend called Boundaries. And that book changed my life. I already was very boundary-oriented, but after I finished that book, Like, it caused me to reorient things in my life. And they have an expanded edition, updated edition, and I have that link in the show notes. And in the original, they talked about the original language for these two verses. And what it came down to was where it says to share each other's burdens, it's burdens that's more than one person should be carrying. So I always use the example of kids' backpacks. You know, if you've got a little kid and they have a tiny backpack and they just want it off their back because like they're a kid and they, <laughs> they don't want to carry anything. That's one thing. But if it's something that's way too big for them to carry by themselves, that's another. So the danger is some people want to hand you what they should be carrying. And you've got to be careful when we're talking about having each other's backs, we're not talking doing for the other person because you're taking away the opportunity for them to grow themselves. But when it is more than they can handle, such as what you see with Joab and Abishai, it's obvious that Joab's already having to divide his troops and he's already working to figure out where Abishai's are going to go because they need to divide and conquer, but they also need to have each other's backs. And so as we think about this, I want you to think about the weekly assignment feature. Ask the Lord to show you one person who needs a buddy to have her or his back. Begin praying for her, or him, and reaching out. And as you think through this, as we go through this next text, I ask you to think about and to stop and pray. Who is it in your life? It may be somebody that you know real well but you haven't been paying attention and didn't realize how much of a burden that they are carrying. Or it may be somebody that you do not know well. It may be an acquaintance, but God is going to use this particular season of time to draw you to each other, to help grow you stronger in the Lord. So as I was thinking about this, having another's back, being there for each other, I could not help. But think about Aaron and her and the story of Moses. So many of you will remember this story. And I just realized in the, I'm happy I'm sitting here in the show notes because I had to get tickled because I guess that spell check changed the name her, which should be H-U-R to H-E-R. And uh, that was not what his name was. So, the Israelites, it, Moses at this point is in charge of Israel. Joshua, as you all know, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Joshua is the military commander, just like Joab was during the time of David. Joshua was the military commander. And so Moses and the Israelites are about to fight the warriors from Amalek. And so we've got Exodus 17, 8 through 16. So let's jump into this because I don't have to really set the stage because this is a normal thing in the life of Israel at that time where they were repeatedly in battles for this, that, or the other, just, just trying to stay alive. And God was going before them whenever they were willing to march in the direction that he was pointing. It says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of the nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. So how many people held up? Moses's arms when his arms were about to go down. The logical answer would be two, wouldn't it? Aaron and her. I want to propose that we might want to think of it a little differently and realize that in this particular situation, even though Moses and her were the two men that were holding up Moses's arms. They weren't the only ones that had Moses' back. Joshua had Moses' back. Joshua and all the Israelites, all the Israelite warriors that were out there fighting. Sometimes we have people that are going to be literal hands-on. I mean, they are going to be touching skin on skin and helping you, maybe feeding you meals when you just don't have it in you to take care of meal prep. Maybe they're there and they're driving your kids around because you are sick or you've had a tragedy. You've got those people that have skin on skin touch with you and they are holding you up. They truly have your back and they are right there. But then you'll have other people that are part of your army, that are part of your got your back crew, That aren't physically touching you, but they're doing the work behind the scenes. They're taking care of business so that you are able to hold your hands up and do what only you can do. As we think about this whole concept of having another's back. What is more of your tendency? And I think it depends on who we're talking about. Is it more of your tendency to be like Aaron and her and be right there, skin on skin, taking care of things, making meals, driving people around, doing this, doing that, that's right in the midst? Or are you more like Joshua and you are getting things done, you're taking care of business, which allows... Moses, in this case, to do exactly what he needs to do. Moses didn't have to leave the mountaintop to go down and command the army because Joshua had that covered. Moses did what only Moses could do, and that was to represent the people to God by raising his arms. But he was one man. He was a human being, and he only had so much strength. If you were to hold your arms up this very moment, forget about having a staff in your hand, just hold your arms up. How long can you keep them up? God was using this not because there's anything magical about putting your arms up to heaven, because there's not. It was about the surrender where Moses was showing to his people that this battle was the Lord's and they were depending upon the Lord for his strength and for the victory. Aaron and her came alongside and Joshua and the troops did their job as well. When it comes to having the back of another, sometimes you are going to be on the front lines and other people are going to notice that you are right there. You've got somebody's back. And there are many, 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 many other times that you are going to be busy fighting alongside and nobody's going to be patting you on the back. Nobody's going to be saying, oh, you were such a great support to so-and-so, but you were taking care of business. Let me just give you just a random example. So let's say that you have a coworker. And they've had a loved one die, you know, over my career, multiple different places. I have had that happen so many times. You've got those people who are in their house making them meals, taking their kids to school, doing this, doing that. All those things that were hands on in front. But then chances are really good that you had people at work who it wasn't known to everybody but they were doing the Joshua. They were out there taking care of business. We can have other people's backs. Sometimes it's in the forefront and sometimes it's truly behind the scenes. But either way, be faithful, be faithful. Sometimes having another's back, the most important thing that you can do is to have their back By raising your head toward heaven and talking to the Lord on their behalf. Sometimes your words to them are not going to matter anything because they're not hearing it anyway. But you can beg the Lord to intercede on their behalf. And you can ask him, how can I pray for this person? Many years ago, I was really, really struggling with how to have this one person's back. What they had been through, I just couldn't even imagine. And as I was driving down the road and I just kept struggling, God, how do I even pray for this person? God reminded me of one of my favorite verses that talks in Romans 8 about the fact that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings only he can utter about needs only he can know. And that's when I began to pray for this person. And it's a prayer I've prayed for so many over the years. That the Holy Spirit would intercede for her with groanings only he could utter about needs only he can know. Sometimes having someone's back, the most important part of that, nobody besides Jesus is going to know that you had that person's back. Because he's the one who heard your prayers. As the Holy Spirit interceded in and through you, the incense, the prayers just as incense, were raised to heaven. And God intervened because you asked. So who is it that God is showing you? I need you to have their back. And start praying for them today. It may be something that you need to do that is overt. And you need to call them up and say, hey, how can I be there for you? What can I do? Or it may be that you need to start out in the trenches behind the scenes. And just begging God on their behalf. And waiting for him to show you when to show up for battle. When to show up to hold their arms or when to continue to be on your knees for them. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have been working through in these few moments of this podcast. I've been trying as best I can to take what I believe Satan intended for evil in my life today. And to use it as fuel, as I spoke on this podcast, and as I walk forward in life, as I seek to be that buddy with their back. Sometimes, because of situations, you're unable. To have somebody's back in person. You're unable to be the one that walks alongside them. Either because they're not open to it or maybe there's others around them that aren't open to you being there. But there is nothing... Absolutely nothing that can keep you from having their back by lifting their name to the Father. There's a song, Toby Mac's new CD. So I'm recording this the very end of August 2022. And Toby Mac just came out with a new CD called Life After Death. And there's a song in there called Space. And there's a phrase in it that just keeps going over and over and over in my head about the space between us because it's talking about a situation that, you know, has caused conflict. And what do we do with this space between us? Let me pull up some of the lyrics because I had planned to talk more about the song Lean on Me. Because, of course, that's a song about having each other's backs. And I've got a link in the show notes to a friend melody that's lean on me, stand by me, time after time, and I'll be there for you. But as I think about this song, Space, and the fact that sometimes you can't be the Aaron and her, that person won't let you go up on the mountain with them to hold their arms up. Sometimes... You've got to have their back in a space away. The chorus to the song spaces. but what do we do with this space? What do we do with this space between us? How can we start to erase? How can we start to erase this space between us? We all have relationships. And if you live very long, you're going to have relationships that have come and gone where you might have been the best of friends at some point, but you're not now. There could have been an issue with one or both, or it may not be that there was this big battle. It may just be that you've grown apart. Sometimes the space needs to be erased. Sometimes it doesn't. It's not meant for this season of time. But that does not mean that when they are brought to mind, there's one particular person in my life, and there's now been many, many years of space. And you can tell from the tone of my voice that it still matters. It still matters. And that person still matters because of the place that they will always hold in my heart. But it's not a relationship that I want to cultivate at this season of time. But that does not mean that when the Lord brings them to mind, and He definitely does, that I don't need to have their back in prayer. I'm not the one, during this season of time, to hold their arms up. But... It is my responsibility to raise my arms up in prayer, asking the Lord to intervene on her behalf. When I was putting this together in my mind, I would have never dreamed of the events of today. And I would have never dreamed about where the Lord was taking this particular podcast. I try as best I can to just be open to his spirit. I put off for probably an hour and a half sitting still and turning this on and opening up my mouth because something inside of me knew that I had to open up my heart. I would have to open up my heart. And it's okay. It's okay whose back do you need to have? Is it someone who you are going to go alongside them? You're going to fight back to back just like Aaron and Abishay did. Aaron, not Aaron, Uh, Joab and Abishay. And don't forget those names because we are going to have a lesson or two on them in the future. But can you, Are you going to fight back to back like literally you're in battle with them, not against them, with them? Or are you going to be one of those holding up that person's arms during a time where they cannot raise their arms on their own? Or are you going to be like Joshua, just in the trenches, getting it done, not getting the fanfare, not the one that's obviously supporting But you are just getting it done. You're praying for them. You may be standing in the gap for them in other ways. Thank you for tuning in. As I I close this out, I just want to stop and pray for all the opportunities that God is going to bring about for us to have the backs of others this upcoming week, and I pray that God challenges you like He challenged me. Who are those people who matter to you? Who the you can't you're not the one during this season of life to be there holding their arms up. You've lost that platform, or you maybe you've never had that platform. But that doesn't keep you from being Joshua or one of the military. Just getting it done. Fighting for them. In the trenches. To no fanfare. This side of heaven. Dear Father, in the name of Jesus. This has been quite the last few hours. And I did not anticipate this when I woke this morning. I never dreamed of what Satan had planned for evil. But, dear God, I pray that you will continue to turn it for good. I pray that you continue to turn hearts toward you. I pray, dear God, for each person within the sound of my voice. I pray that you would open up their spiritual eyes and ears to see the people around them. You need a buddy who need someone to have their back, whether it be in person, up close, or it needs to be behind the scenes getting things done, taking none of the glory, but just covering them. I pray that your will would be done in the hearts of each listener and in the hearts of each person they touch as a result of what you are inspiring them to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, always in the show notes, or at least for probably the last hundred episodes, I've had the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline talking about having somebody's back. Recently they changed The phone number, it can't be more simple. It's 988. And I've got the graphic in the show notes that you can share. You can also go to their website and get information and share it with others. Because sometimes they don't have the energy. Forget about holding their arms up to heaven. They don't have the energy to even climb the mountain. And so watching out for them. Looking for opportunities to be there for them, to pray for them. Also in the show notes, you find the link to the hidden episodes. Those first 50, I think, episodes that you don't find on the regular podcast platforms. But you can find it on my Podbean site. And that information is down in the show notes. Next week, we are going to begin... One of the most famous stories in all of the Bible. Even people who know nothing about Christianity. Know the name Bathsheba. Or they know the story of David and Bathsheba. And as I lead into next week. And as I'm mentally and emotionally preparing. It's not a one week story. Just so you know. But. I just remember where I was physically, mentally, and emotionally the last time I taught this particular set of lessons. And we'll see if the Lord leads me to share more details of that. But I was in that place where I needed somebody holding up my arms. I needed somebody holding up my arms, covering my back, doing physical things for me because I couldn't do for myself. I was in a pickle of a fix. And oh how life has changed since then, and I thank God for it. But I also thank God of the memories. And I thank God for the people who during that particular season were there and had my back covered. May God Keep his grace on them this very day. Remember, this podcast is not only free to listen to, it is free for you to share with others. Who do you know that needs a bit of encouragement from God's word? I doubt that you and anybody else were just sitting around the water cooler talking about Joab and Abishai last week. This gives you an opportunity to just talk with others about scripture about stories that they may not have heard of, even if they've been in church their whole life. Sometimes we miss these nuggets in Scripture because we just kind of skip to the big stories. Every, every bit of Scripture is God-breathed and is there for a purpose. Look for opportunities to share God's Word with others. Inspire them to get in God's Word this podcast is not meant to be the all in all of your scripture study, not even close. I read from the NLT because it is a common modern language. It's a phrase by phrase translation. It's not difficult to be understood when it comes to the language, but that doesn't mean the scripture cannot be difficult because there's passages in there that even with the Holy Spirit leading you, you still go, what is God saying? But I sit down at this microphone each and every week with the goal of encouraging you to dig deeper into his word. If you have any questions for me, any concerns, any prayer requests, you can reach out on the Facebook group at Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus you can send me an email at Jesus at gmail.com. And remember, take a moment and just share this with others and see what God might do. The way you may have somebody else's back is to give them a little push closer to the cross. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day.